Well, despite what the media is telling you in certain parts of this country and in certain parts of the college football world, I'm here to tell you I can say without a shadow of a doubt that the Big 12 Conference is in a far superior position to the Big 12, to the Pac-12 Conference, and it's not all that close. It's just not. Uh, Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for joining us on YouTube, the podcast. Wherever you're getting this show, uh, we appreciate you being here, and please do hit that subscribe button before you go away. So I wrote about this, and we had it sourced through somebody in the college sports industry, and this piece that I wrote at HeartlandCollegeSports.com is really about how the Big 12 Conference has surpassed the Pac-12 Conference as the clear number three power league in the country. And it's not debatable. It's not close. And these two conferences were, in fact, on really an equal playing field probably six months ago or so. And then it completely collapsed for the Pac-12. Now, part of this is the fault of the Pac-12, but a lot of this, too, is savvy and smart moves made by new Big 12 leadership. So let me share this with you and just go through some of this as we talk about where the Big 12 is right now compared to where the Pac-12 is right now. We know the Big 12 has a new TV contract, right? They got a new TV deal. They got that done back in the fall. The Pac-12 has no TV deal. And the reason I this piece and the reason I wanted to bring this piece up is because there's this narrative that the Pac-12 can still end up in a better place than the Big 12. Now, I suppose anything's possible. It is possible that a unicorn could fly over my house and start pooping Skittles tomorrow. It's, I guess it's not inconceivable. Is it likely? No. Do I expect it? Absolutely not. And the Pac-12 is using a lot of its friends in the media, the guys like John Wilner, all these different guys, to try to push this narrative that the Pac-12 is healthy, the Pac-12 is good, they're sitting there waiting for that sweetheart TV deal. That does not appear to be happening. And they can try to push whatever narrative on the West Coast they want to push, but the facts are that it's not happening, and the Big 12 is in a far better position right now. So here's what um, an industry source told me, and I wrote about this on the website. It's the headline article uh, as of today. An industry source told me that the Pac-12 is essentially a distressed brand and that the Pac-12 right now is not appointment viewing. And that is one of the many reasons the Pac-12 is scrambling for a TV deal. They are looking for leftovers, whether it's hoping that ESPN wants them for some late-night games, maybe Amazon wants to get into more college sports, I don't know. But at this point, there's not a lot of appeal for what the Pac-12 is bringing to the table without USC and without UCLA. There's just not a lot of juice there right now. And you've got candidates on the sidelines like San Diego State who are basically begging you for an invite. And the Pac-12 is not doing it, so the question is why? And are schools like San Diego State going to say, forget this, let's go look at the Big 12 if the Big 12 is interested? I'm just saying, that's an idea that's been floated out there. But we got here not just because of the Pac-12's incompetency, and that's a big part of it. You know, the Pac-12, their commissioner, George Klievkov, he was using Doug Perlman to negotiate his next TV contract. Who's Doug Perlman? Doug Perlman is a founder and CEO of Sports Media Advisors. Sports Media Advisors is a boutique advisory firm that Doug Perlman has run for the last 15 years. Perlman and Doug have a relationship that dates back to their days at the University of Virginia Law School. 
He's got a good resume. It's not like he was working at a Wendy's. But, uh, you know, while Doug Perlman was trying to negotiate a Pac-12 TV deal, what did the Big 12 do? Brett Yormark gets in there August 1st. They announced later that month that the Big 12 has begun TV negotiations with ESPN and Fox. And Yormark goes out there, and by the end of September, he has appointed WME Sports and IMG Media, both run by Endeavor, to facilitate this TV deal and get it done. So he's using a firm, a multi-billion dollar firm with 7,000 employees. George Klievkov is using his buddy from UVA Law School. (laughs) I mean, talk about misreading the moment. Talk about not figuring out how to get yourself the best leverage possible. George Klievkov and the Pac-12 did exactly that. They completely dropped the ball and missed an opportunity here. And the Big 12 beat them out. And here's the other part of this. So the Big 12, their TV deal ran through 2025, the summer of 2025. The Pac-12's deal ran through the summer of 2024. So the Pac-12 was pumping its chest saying, we're the next major conference going to market. We're going to be the ones who are out there now being bid on. And the Big 12 is going to be left holding the bag because they're the last ones to the table. Well, your mark on behalf of the Big 12 expedited that process. He expedited it, and suddenly the Big 12 in an enviable spot, and they got a TV deal done before the Pac-12. So fast forward a few months, and here we are. We're sitting here in you know the first quarter of 2023. The economy is soft. Revenues are off for most media companies. Recession fears are real. I can say this as someone who not just runs Heartland College Sports, but I also am in I guess you would call more traditional media by day, hosting a radio show in Kansas City and, and you know working for a major corporation on that side of things. So understanding what the media landscape is right now and what the advertising landscape is right now is important because you have a lot of uh, folks out there who are concerned about what this year is going to bring when it comes to ad rates and ad revenues. And if you're the Pac-12 and you're looking for somebody to hand you hundreds of millions of dollars a year for your product, that's going to be a tough sell in the first quarter of 2023 with a potential soft recession looming. How big is that recession? I don't know. What is it? Where does it you know, play out? How deep is it? I'm not here to be an economist. I'm just telling you it's real and we're living through it right now. And I can tell you that based on the fact that I run a digital media outlet and I work in radio. So this is just the reality of the moment right now. So with that being said, all these companies are looking at their assets and asking themselves, what do we need? And is handing the Pac-12 hundreds of millions of dollars a year without USC, without UCLA, to get what, Washington State and Oregon State in a 1030 Eastern slot in the middle of October? Do we need that right now? Is that required to get a mega deal? I would argue it's not. But the Pac-12 is out there saying, everything's fine. No five-alarm fire here. We're just, everything's swell and dandy. It's not. I'm here to tell you it's not. And industry sources are confirming as much on my end. So this whole narrative about the Pac-12 that they're trying to push, don't buy it. The Big 12 is doing laps around the Pac-12. The Big 12 uh, far surpassed the Pac-12 in conference hierarchy, and it's not close. 
as of this moment, it's not close, and I don't see how it's ever going to get better for the Pac-12. They're going to put something together, I would imagine, but how good is it going to be compared to this league? Not feeling good about that at all. Not feeling good at all. But for the Big 12, feeling great. So with all that being said, uh, something else interesting of note, Dennis Dodd had this report, ES Sports, uh, Big 12 meetings uh, taking place this week, and it looks like Oklahoma and Texas, as we expected, made a bid to leave the conference early. You know, they're, they're obligated contractually to stay through summer of 25, so two more football seasons. Well, according to uh, Dennis Dodd, it looks like they made a move and the Big 12 basically said, nah, no deal, not going to happen. Sorry there, guys. I know you want to leave early, but uh, it's not going to work. Ain't going to happen, ain't going to work. And uh, those two schools are not happy about that. You make, it makes you wonder whether or not their pettiness around uh, Tuesday of the uh, Big 12 football schedule, all the other 12 schools put together unique graphics and everything else, and uh, the, the Oklahoma Sooners and Texas Longhorns just hit the retweet button on the Big 12 announcement. That's all they did. No special graphics, no videos, no nothing. So according to Dennis Dodd, Texas and Oklahoma recently made an offer to the Big 12 and Fox to leave the league one year early for the SEC, that being next year. It was rejected. The nature of the offer was not clear. CBS Sports previously reported the Big 12 rights holders would have to be made whole for losing the Longhorns and Sooners early from its programming lineup. That could involve a series of non-conference games involving both schools being played in Big 12 stadiums once Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. Long and short, OU and Texas said, can we leave early? Here's an offer. And the Big 12 said no. Now, if you're an OU or Texas fan and you watch or listen to this show, because you like what we do and you like how we cover the Big 12, remember what we do. We cover the Big 12. This is nothing personal. This is just business. Just like you guys leaving, right? It's just business. That's all it is. It's just business. Um, without knowing the details of the deal, the Big 12 did the right thing. They have no leverage here. Oklahoma and Texas have zero leverage. They're stuck with you for two more years. If they want to leave early... They can break the bank. It's really that simple. They can break the bank. Um, they can agree to play some road games against Big 12 teams in non-conference play. There's a way to make this work. But what is the leverage? You know, you might say, well, ESPN's involved. And ESPN can kind of tr twist the arm of the Big 12 because the Big 12 is also in bed with ESPN for the next eight years. I, you know, I don't think so. Because guess what? Fox is on the other end of that as well. And Fox has no incentive to lose OU in Texas from the Big 12 because they get to air the Red River rivalry game. So why would they go out there and say, sure, you guys leave early. We'll, we'll, we'll skip out on that whole you know, Red River thing. You know, Go have fun with ESPN and the SEC. Why would Fox do that? There's no incentive for them to let that happen. So they're playing hardball and uh, more power to them. You know, this is not the good old boys club of college athletics of a generation ago. And nor should it be. And none of this is the fault of the Big 12 Conference. This did not happen. We did not get here because of moves made by the Big 12. The Big 12, really up until the last three months, has mostly been reactionary for the entire near 30-year history of the conference. The Big 12 has reacted 
to major moves in the market. They have not been the driver of it. When college athletics, especially college football, became more and more like uh, pro sports, that wasn't driven by the Big 12. The Big 12 was not poaching teams all over the place. I mean, you know, once it became the Big 12, it, it did. But I'm saying for the last 25, 30 years, any expansion or realignment was not driven by the Big 12 conference. You can't blame them for this. So we got here. We are where we are. And uh, the Big 12 is an outstanding place right now. Now, the other part of this report that Dennis Dodd had is about Gonzaga. And um, he says here that with Big 12 presidents and athletic directors set to meet starting Thursday, meaning today when we're doing this show, in Dallas-Fort Worth, one of the items is the league's interest in Gonzaga. CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd uh, says that the yes are going to have a conversation about the Zags and potentially looking at the idea of them being a Big 12 school for basketball. You heard that right. They don't have football. There's no football to be played at Gonzaga. That's not going to happen. But this is something that Brett Yormark is, it seems like, pretty interested in. Listen, I, you've heard me on this show. If you listen to this show for the last 15 minutes or the last 15 months, I was going to say, Yormark's not been around for 15 months. So let's say the last 15 minutes or the last five months. I am a huge fan and advocate of Brett Yormark. That being said, I don't get the Gonzaga thing. I don't get the infatuation with Gonzaga. Is it great to have Gonzaga in the Big 12 from a basketball perspective? Would it create a great slate of games? Gonzaga taking on Kansas and Gonzaga playing Baylor and, you know, the list goes on and on. Yeah, sure. That'd be fun. That'd be cool. That'd be good. But basketball doesn't drive any of this. I mean, look at the Big East contract with Fox compared to what Fox is paying, you know, the Power 5 schools for their contracts, depending on who they're in bed with. The football schools, the SEC, Big Ten, I mean, you're talking about 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars a team. The Big East is like five to 10. Basketball is not the driver for these conference revenues that football is. So is it worth adding a Gonzaga when it's not necessarily, as far as I can tell, and I'm happy to be proven wrong on this in some way, help your bottom line? That's the part that I'm struggling with in this whole conversation. If it's not going to do a lot for your bottom line just because basketball as an entity doesn't do a lot for your bottom line, why mess with it, right? Because the thing that scares me about it, well, there's a couple things. First off, we watched 12 years ago the old Big East collapse because you had basketball schools and football schools, right? You had Notre Dame and Syracuse as kind of like Really good Big East members, but wanting more money from football, although Notre Dame was independent. They were there as basketball. Syracuse was all in. You had the Villanovas and Georgetowns and St. John's of the Worlds and Providences of the World who were really just basketball schools. And it got messy because there were conflicting interests, and eventually the league collapsed, consolidated, whatever you want to say. It didn't collapse. It still exists, but it certainly is not what it used to be because there were too many conflicting interests. Now, maybe Gonzaga is going to come in and just – Go along to get along kind of a thing. But uh, what is that worth? And then the other part of it is just Gonzaga as a whole. I haven't been to Gonzaga. I'll be the first one to tell you. You know, Spokane, Washington is not on my short list. It seems like a beautiful place. It's just not on the short list. 
if Gonzaga loses Mark Few tomorrow, like, let's just be honest. If Mark Few, and, and I'm not trying to be gruesome here, but if Mark Few gets hit by a bus tomorrow, what is Gonzaga basketball? Is Mark Few Gonzaga basketball? Or is Gonzaga basketball Gonzaga basketball? That's my question. Because frankly, I think Mark Few is Gonzaga basketball. And Mark Few is 60 years old. And you know who else we just saw hang him up at the top of his game after Final Four at the age of 60? Jay Wright at Villanova. And what's Villanova doing this year? Villanova is not a top 25 team. Villanova is probably not an NCAA tournament team as things stand right now. Now, maybe you say Villanova is going to turn things around under Kyle Neptune, and that remains to be seen. But my point being, and Villanova's got a far better history pre-Jay Wright than Gonzaga has pre-Mark Few. And Villanova's sitting right outside of Philadelphia on the main line where there's an enormous amount of talent for high school basketball between Philadelphia and Baltimore and D.C. and everything else. Spokane, Washington, you know, uh, what Mark Few has done has been recruit guys globally to his program in Spokane, Washington. Gonzaga's, I don't believe it's Gonzaga without Mark Few. And at 60 years old, I'm not saying Mark Few's going anywhere, but you got to think about the future here on that front. And if you bring Gonzaga to the Big 12, are they suddenly Gonzaga? Are they the team that's in the top five that gets a number one seed that has a relatively easy path to the NCAA tournament? At least easier than if they play a rough-and-tumble Big 12 schedule. They go 11-7 and seven in league play, and they're a four seed, right? That changes your path in the NCAA tournament. That takes some of the shine off of Gonzaga. That's what happens. So I'm, I'm not sold. Listen, Brett Yormark's vision, I'm all in on. I more or less love every move that the guy's made and think it's been incredibly beneficial for this league. The Gonzaga thing, I, I just don't understand the, inf- the potential infatuation with adding them from a basketball perspective. And I haven't even talked about the travel and what that would look like and how difficult that ultimately may end up being. Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks for being here. Hey, subscribe on YouTube. Share it on Facebook. If you're on the podcast, leave that rating, review, subscribe. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. And um, we'll get you hooked up with free Heartland College Sports koozies. It's my way of saying thank you. I mean, we've got hundreds of ratings and reviews on iTunes. I want to get that into the thousands, like some of the major podcasts out there. If you can take 30 seconds and help us do that, keep us growing as a show, I'd be so grateful. And that's why I've got boxes of koozies here, literally boxes of koozies that I'm sitting on that we send out every single week. So thank you guys for doing that. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Some of the comments, Pete, the big 12 is going to be fine. I believe we still need to expand in order to strengthen our position. I'd love Oregon, Washington, Utah, Colorado. My next option would be Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and San Diego State. That's interesting. I still would go, I mean, listen, Oregon, Washington, no-brainer if you can make it happen. They probably want to go to the uh, Big Ten. But if you can make it happen, make it happen. Utah, Colorado, big fans of those two. Get the Holy War in the mix in the Big 12. Bring Colorado back to the league. And I would do the Arizona, Arizona State thing as well. Uh, Pete Gonzaga, this is Gabriel. Gonzaga's interesting. Love college basketball, but I'm with you. It shouldn't be a priority. 
San Diego State makes sense. Why not pursue that first? It could be on the short list. I think it is on the short list. There was a piece that CBS Sports had last week about San Diego State, and it it felt to me like a planted piece from San Diego State, basically saying, hey, Pac-12, invite us, or we're going to start moving on and talking to the Big 12. That's how it felt to me. Uh, Diego, Pete, we're already a basketball powerhouse in the Big 12, adding Houston as well. Needing more strength in football programs if we're adding. I, no complaints from me, Diego. Football's where the money's at. That's just the reality of this sport right now. Uh, thanks for all your comments. Rolling through some of these. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Rate, review, subscribe. You guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you soon. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Great content every single day on the site. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.